Hi, we're trying something new. Welcome to Weekend at Effie's. Um, Hello. Effie, this is Peter. Uh, you can follow us on social media. Peter at Low Sky Dance, L-O-W-S-K-Y-D-A-N-C-E, Effie at Effie Lives. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, please join the Patreon, weekendateffies.com. That's all you have to sign in. There's a low tier. There's a high tier. They're both worth it. One of us gives, one of them gives us more money. We're kind of, we're segmenting our, um, if you have more money, you should give us more money. That kind of thing. This week's episode, I travel to Chicago and then I go to Alabama. Peter, what'd you think? I loved it. It was wild. I got into, I got into my, my oats. I was feeling my oats, so to say. We talk about Jehovah's Witnesses. We talk about movies a little bit. We talk about, uh, being that bitch and understanding that objectively you're allowed to say that you've accomplished a lot more and not just be a forward thinking train. Uh, and we get into some spiritual shit at the end where the podcast gets a little clippy because the spirits are after us. We had actual interference on this one. Yes. And I think it will continue. And I think we will try to deal with the interference that is coming, but there's something in this house and it's coming after us. So enjoy the episode. I hope it's fun. We're jumping in now. Peter, I just checked into my flight for tomorrow. And, uh, you know, I'm not a guy who will discount Spirit Airlines. I've had great experiences with them. But when I add it to my Apple wallet, it adds it right next to the other same flight number as the rest of the flights that I've taken that are that flight number. And I don't know if there's something good or bad about that because there's just a whole list of multiple flights because I've taken so many flights to Chicago already this year and I returned to Chicago tomorrow and I went to Chicago last week. Pride Month tally, Chicago was the city I went to the most. I went to Chicago one, two, four times in the month of June. God. Four times in the month of June. Denver got three matches out of me, but only two go to Denver's. And LA got two uh, Effies. But Chicago. Chicago, the gayest city of pride this year for Effie. Do you feel like you're running errands and like you wish things... You know, you could just like loop the Chicago together somehow. I don't know if that's. I kind, I kind of do, but there is also something that like that I, would require living there, probably. Probably, and I won't do it in the winter. Like I will nah. tell people directly, no chance. Now, I usually will say to people in these winter months, I will say, "Hey, it doesn't seem like God wants us to live here," but then I have to tell you, after this weekend and going from Chicago to Alabama. I don't think God wants us to live there either <laughs> because, well, we'll get to it, but it is a very sweaty place. And I want to make sure we are taking in the full, uh, breathable, real emotional experience of these travels because it was crazy. And now I just have to say, I love her. She's trapped in Toronto. Oh, no. My sister, my bussy sister. Allison is trapped in Toronto. Are we going to have to make freed Alley shirts now? We're going to have to do something because I think she's been trapped in the airport for two days. I feel horrible about it. She did get to go. She's about to have her own Tom Hanks style uh, movie. She is She is in the terminal. I. She started having a Hungarian accent. I don't know where it came from, but I said, Allie, is everything going to be okay? And she goes, no one knows what to do anymore. And I said, oh no, no, it's happening. The Hanksification. What are we going to do with you? Peter, how was your weekend? Good. Busy. Stress. Stressful. Stressful. Yeah. And we felt the chaos in the universe, and we had a discussion, <laughs> yeah. 
And my friend, my good friend who took over my old job last time in Florida hit me up and said, everything seems to be going wrong. And I said, don't worry. It's something to do with Uranus and Mars. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like we should at least clip that in before. The planet of chaos and the planet of random shit were working together. They are teaming up right now to make everything seem fucked right yeah if you if you notice there was an almost uh coup that yeah. happened an oopsie daisy over an in oopsie daisy russia Pyotr, there's an oopsie daisy in russia uh i just like to bring these things up we because also almost lost lucy we did almost uh, lose lucy crazy she was just chilling in the laundry room but there was 10 seconds of nightmare which i told you that laundry room there's something up in there yeah i told you i heard someone tell me to leave right did we not bring this up? No. I was doing laundry the other night and I was getting my stuff and I just heard leave. And I'm not I'm not trying to scare people. It didn't even frighten me in that sense. Huh. But I was told to leave. And then last night, doing my laundry before I get back on the road, the biggest rat you've ever seen. Maybe it was the rat talking to you. It might have been the speaking rat. Leave. The great leave. mouse detective. <laughs> uh, we did also, I vacuumed in here, which you saw... I have to stay on top of it for it's our a sake. literal another dog. It's another bebop, an unanimated bebop, and he sheds the worst twice a year. If he was this a is human the time. and he was a teenager, he he would skip school all the time because you would think that was him. In his yeah, you think in the bed. Oh, there he is. Yeah. No, it's his fur. It's his fur. Now, I want to say I love the relationship. It's okay, Bebop. You don't have to go to school. Between, yeah, well, he should. <laughs> he should go to secondary school. I love the relationship they have. Uh, it does stress Cranberry out a little bit when they get into their play mode. She's a peacemaker. She's a peacemaker, which has often been the problem with her going to like a dog park or something. If any dogs are not getting along, uh, she will step in, even though she doesn't need to. So we have to kind of calm her as they go crazy. And Bebop's looking up at me right now, just being an absolute cutie, but he does want to get something done. Either way, I'm trying not to rush into... I've noticed in our episodes when I rush right into, here's where I went, here's what I did. I... I feel rushed myself because I feel like I have to get to everything and I don't and it's fine. But I will say this. I have, and I had this discussion, you calm down. I had this discussion the other night on the way back and we'll get into a deeper version of this discussion where me and Alec Price rode back together from Alabama and I convinced myself again that I am that bitch. Can you do your Alex Price impression? Cause I love it. Bro, we used to go down to the freaking Party zone, dude. And all these dudes, they're being garbage, bro. And 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 they all down there partying, having a good time, you know what I'm saying? And then fights are breaking out, and I'm looking at it going, dude, I don't need to be a part of this. I just came to have a good time, and you guys are causing problems? No way, dude. You're a buster. I'm not being a part of this. It was beautiful. It's lovely to be able to speak to someone who, he's very young, obviously. He's a 22-year-old man. But... Living in the part of Boston he did and growing up the way he did, um, I don't know what the word is, but it's he's he has experience and he has understanding of what he needs and what he doesn't. So yeah. we had a good discussion, but it's a long way from now. Now, myself and Allie, one thing I talked with him about was being able to scrape off the problems from the effort. Bebop, you got to come over here. This is unacceptable behavior. I know you're just a dog, but you got to come over here with me. Lay down. Lay down. Good boy. 
Let's let's He's a soldier in the blanket wars. He is a blanket war soldier. I just have to let you know if any blanket we bring in this house, it's theirs. Okay? Yeah. They're gonna break yeah. it, they're gonna rip it. We can't buy nice blankets anymore. I just bought three of the small square blankets because they they came in my room the other night while I was streaming and I left them in here and they were playing and they were fine. And I could hear them, I could see them, they were good. They both walk in with equal sized squares in their mouth <laughs> as if they were presenting me the treaty yeah. that they had come up with. <laughs> both of us have small square versions of this blanket now. We are both uh, fine. They sat on my bed. They watched me stream. Bebop did not want to get on my lap during the stream, but Lucy hopped right up and was just staring straight into the camera. And it's just the cutest little... She's very, very cute and photogenic and very expressive. Bebop, this is... He's doing this shaky thing right now. It's incredible. (laughs) Let's calm down, buddy. Hey, I need you next to me. You clip this if you need to, but it's honestly great. I went to Chicago last week. I'm going to post the clip of them... uh, Fighting. Fighting, and then Lucy turning into a beluga whale at the end. (laughs) She does have that. Her forehead I, is a little too big for the rest of her head. But she also has kind of a wide mouth, which is so cute because yeah. it's like when she's really gripping and looking down, it's very like duckbill dinosaur in yeah. a way. And it's very, she knows how to look at you to where like, you know, it's not aggressive, even though she's kind of giving you the play growl. I think it's adorable. I went to Chicago and I shaved off the things that are sh- stressing me out. I just hit, are you ready for this, Peter? Elite status. I'm now 10 rentals away from executive elite status. Damn. I guess I had executive status and executive elite is next. But the car selection offered to me now is much higher. And the discount I get on these cars, it's the cost of one Uber. So when you go to a promoter and you go, you're going to pay for my rental car, it's a lot easier when the rental car and the Uber one time were the same price. And you're also willing to like, I'll pick somebody up. It's good. Let's grab them. So me and Ali land at the same time and get the car and... I'm on this fitness journey, and typically, in the nine years I've been paid to be a professional wrestler, usually I'm not going to the gym day of, but Allie gets me fired up, I'm fired up, we went to the gym, and I gotta tell you, Peter, there's something pleasant about going to a gym you never go to, not that there's like a problem with seeing the same people all the time, but you know my struggles with the the current gym I'm in, Mm -hmm. I'm tired of being hot. You know what I mean? Like it's like yesterday it was really getting me fired up because I was like, can you stop following me around from machine to machine and trying to make eye contact with me? It's not what I'm here for. But going to a new gym where they don't know you now, it's just sort of like, who is this thing that just showed up and is in tiny shorts and is ripping it because I was on fire in this Chicago gym. Me and Allie went in, we did our full workout. It was phenomenal. And I noticed on the screen, another Chicago based worker Actually worked at that gym there. Bebop, what are you doing? No, no. We might Sir. we might just have to we might just have to get rid of him today. Not forever. I don't know where I'm getting with this. Because Bebop was very much so distracted. You were me. at the gym. I'm at the gym. I'm ripping it. I feel great. I'm sweaty. The sauna's closed, so I'm pissed off. What are you listening to at the gym right now? All right, here's this is actually a revelation, okay? After number one, I don't know what happened, but from Fall of last year, this is going to sound so weird to say it, from fall of last year to at least April, May, which is pretty recent, like this is a large chunk of time, I was very, very rarely listening to any music at all. I don't know what happened. I was listening to podcasts. I was listening to talk shows. I wasn't of any interest of listening to music. Now, some people will be like, this is a sign of depression or something. And it might be. I don't know. 
but I was not listening to any music. And specifically, I have not been able to listen to Every Time I Die since they broke up. Yeah. I went back in and I put on Gutter Phenomenon. Fuck yeah. And I was ripping it. And I just have to say, whatever goes on with you boys, I'm sorry, but I'm going to rip into that music. Yesterday, I listened to, uh, was it Radical, the newest one? Yeah. That album's brutal. Yeah. That's a brutal fucking album. Uh, So it, it turns out I'm back to music. I'm good. I can listen to songs again and enjoy them. I often think it's a little strange because I can read music. Like, I know it's not a language per se. Yes, uh, like is. Spanish or English, but I can, if you put sheet music in front of me, I can read it and probably play it. And that's just years of studying music. And I think sometimes I have to like block out how much music has been a part of my life. You found my accordion. You saw my accordion apartment for sale accordion. I am actually secretly a musical person, but I, it's gorgeous by the way. It's, it's the prettiest untouched accordion I've ever red seen. race car color, Gretsch 1953 accordion. It's beautiful. Are you going to put a little time in the... I have to, but it's also... Here's the problem. Peter, it's so fucking loud that to (laughs) practice the accordion, you are consuming an entire 40-foot radius. Does Bebop react to you playing music? Bebop does not like the accordion, but when I play guitar, you know, it's not like a bark at me. He's like howling a little bit when I play guitar, and I thought it was adorable. That's very cute. We should start a punk rock band. We should. This is, he's doing it again. You're fine, buddy. You we can, can just chill right here. Just be okay. Just have it as your pacifier. You don't need to entice her. The Blanket Wars. Blanket Wars. Now, luckily... We made it to the hotel afterwards. We were feeling our oats, got cleaned up a little bit, met up with Manders, saw Jimmy Lloyd and Rena, switched rooms with them. Basically, like they were there and they dipped and we took their room over, which is it's a common occurrence in wrestling. Like, hey, you're here. You slept here last night. It's ours now. See ya. Have a good time. This hotel should have been a sign because they, they need to put up plaques like George Washington slept here, but just whatever professional wrestler. Well, I, I constantly I do a quick sketch in most hotel rooms I go into of myself on that day with a date. And I think we've talked about it once or twice on here, but I will find the notepad, find the pen. I will draw myself as I present that day. And I will date it, and I will leave it. And I don't know whoever sees it. I didn't know about this. You didn't know about this? No. I always draw a picture of myself in a hotel room that has a patent. You're one of those people that's just like talented at everything. I don't know if it's talent. It's a very specific sketch style that's very quick. But I feel like this is my stamp. I put this on the room. It's a very quick drawing of myself. They look pretty similar most of the time. But it's also... I. I honor the way I am looking and feeling that day. So sometimes they can be different. It's also a very funny Gemini thing to draw yourself. Well, yeah, of course. What else am I going to draw? Are you kidding me? <laughs> what else is there to draw? I drew Jimmy Lloyd in one of the rooms last week because we were both in there together, which I thought that made sense. But it's much easier to draw myself. I know what that looks like, right? I've never seen myself in a mirror, though. That's weird. We'll have to talk about that later. Yeah, I know. Do you think it's all the blood I'm drinking? <laughs> I, can't, I can't quite figure that out. It's very odd. I'm just, I, I kind of know what it looks like. We rested up and then it was time to go to Talia Hall. Now, Talia Hall is a sick venue. I believe it was also built around the same time that our house was built here. Oh. 1910s to 1915s, 1916. Our house Are there was also here. voices telling you to leave at Listen, Talia Hall? I have not been told to leave yet, but you can very much. All right, Bob, this is. He's, he's fine. Is he's he? fine. 
I've also been told by people that it's cute and it feels like they're in the same room with us with the dogs. I know, but I can tell it definitely distracts my brain. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I'm over here. You have a distractible brain in any sense. Who would have guessed? (laughs) Who would have guessed? Uh, There were a lot of the Alabama kids that already had come up for the Chicago show. And I asked Brett, I was like, Brett, why are we doing Chicago to Alabama? And he said, because I forgot. That we were going to Alabama. Uh, <laughs> we were supposed reason. to do Chicago to LA, which makes sense, but we didn't know. We did Chicago to Alabama. And I got to tell you this, and I'm this is a weekend of me remembering what ends up being suffering for me, not in a bad way, but like in a way that exhausts me worse than not. And yeah. I think there's always the idea in professional wrestling, unfortunately, of oh, I have to suffer for the art and I have to put my whole effort into the art and the fact is that's false so many of these people i said brett who needs to go with me i was going to fly back to atlanta and drive from a rental car it's only a three-hour drive not bad and he said everybody's road tripping they want to do road trips like the old days from chicago to alabama and all i could think was that sounds really great right now when y'all get to alabama y'all are not going to be happy yeah y'all are going to be really despondent and rushed and it's not fun either way we for the first time were facing joey and sawyer wreck in that arena uh it was a struggle the ring was slippery we did a lot of things i'm not gonna say who wanted us to do a lot of things but you can if you guess between me and ali sawyer and joey who wanted to do the most things it wasn't me (laughs) that's what i'll say uh, I fucking slip on the ropes in the last spot. Like shit. And it's a very difficult spot. It's a top rope choke slam where I'm standing. We're both standing completely on the top of the ropes and I'm supposed to be slammed through a table and I just slip. And you know what? It's not fun to slip and people know you slipped and you fuck up, but I was still pinned. I was still defeated. I feel bad about it. Uh, but It doesn't emotionally affect me the next day. This is something I have to remind the newer wrestling uh, children, which is if you fuck up, acknowledge it, own it, move on from it, but you got another match tomorrow, and you got another match the day after that, and you got three more the weekend after that, so maybe you just move on from it, and you don't let it beat you up all night. It did not beat me up all night. Trust that. Now, once again, shaving the effort of things that are difficult. Number one, we got the rental car. Number two, uh, we got the hotel. We just took someone's hotel. Number three, uh, we said we're not driving to Alabama. Number four, Allie goes, make sure everything is packed up. We're going to the merch table. We're sneaking out the front. We're not going to wait for anybody. We're going back to the hotel. I said, genius. We go back to the hotel. We leave on time. It's very important to me to get a little bit of sleep, even if it's not going to last forever. So me and Allie split a pepperoni pizza and well, if it does last forever, that means you're dead. That's true. And what a great sleep it will be. But we're not ready yet. Okay. We're not, not ready yet. for the great not beyond. Yet. I can't, I can't jump right there. Middle of the night. Now I've asked Brett, I said, is anyone coming with me? He said, no. I said, Joey, Dave Prezak, you know, Jordan Oliver, is anybody coming? No. Well, lo and behold, Joey Janela goes to the emergency room after the match, not from anything that happened in the match, but because he's had this quarter sized piece of glass in his arm for two years and it has finally started to bubble to the surface 
Jesus. And so he says, I'm going to try to go get them to cut this out. I'm nervous because it's by this artery area and because I throw mean fucking lariats. What do you think if I put both of them in there together? Is she is she going to be up to something? You think they'll go crazy? I, she's just curious. She's very curious. Curiosity right. killed the Lucy. and We don't want that. We don't want that. Come here. All right, we swap dogs. Dog swap. swap. Dog. dog swap. Dog swap. Joey <laughs> texted me at 2-something in the morning, and he goes, I'm on your flight. And I said, what? He said, I'm on your flight tomorrow. We're going together. I said, okay. Like, it didn't bother me, but it was also like, how did you not know that this was the case and tell me earlier? And so I meet him in the lobby of this hotel, and <laughs> he says, I got to wait on my Grimace shake. Now, we've been watching Grimace shake memes, obviously. I think all of America has. The I saw the best one last Whoa. night. The, uh, there, is, there is one that is fucking incredible. Now, we did see the young Bo is Afraid actor. The young, okay, that one's really good, too. This is the most creative. Now, he has a really cool last name that I can't remember, but it's like... Nahapatian or something. Yeah, I mean, you would have. He was made in a lab to star in Joaquin Phoenix movies. I'm convinced they made him do that one video to prove he was a real boy and not a de-aged Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, I'm still blowing people's mind that that was an actor. Yeah, he's. I just typed in Bo and anticipating that it would come up, but just yeah, just type the name. World isn't as obsessed as I am. Um, what is your name, sir? It doesn't really matter. I mean, he's a child, but it is. He did do a great Grimace shake meme. It was very hereditary Ari Aster vibes. Oh, I'm not going to be able to pronounce that. Armen Nafapetian. I think, yeah, I think it's Armen Nafapetian. Because I think it's Armenian. He could do a young Elvis. You think so? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (gasps) Would he talk like this? Uh, we're not going back to Elvis. Now, this is, I'm only bringing this up because Joey has tried on two occasions to get a Grimace shake. And on both occasions, instead of delivering him a Grimace shake, they've delivered a berry smoothie instead, which is not the Grimace shake. What is the Grimace shake? It's some kind of berry custard milkshake. All right. And I told him, I said, it's too late at night. Grimace is out of cum. Because you know, it's his birthday celebration shake. Grimace just be back there nutting in the shakes. I'm not eating a Grimace shake. And you saw it's killed thousands of children across our nation on TikTok. As soon as they consume the shake, the Grimace gets them. They become Grimaced. All right? Now, would... I think Grimace is one of the best examples of a he-they in modern culture. Mm-hmm. Like, I get he-they vibes completely from Grimace. Yeah. But I'm glad Joey Janela is still alive today to do that. We woke up. We got on this flight. Here's what's crazy about this spirit flight. They kept changing the time. And I've had this before where spirit flights are like, oh, it's going to be delayed. And then they just undelay. They just undelay the flight. Undelay. Undelay. Yeah. So it'll be like, oh, your flight was at 620. Now it's at 850. And then you wake up and they go, it's still at 620. Don't worry. You are completely uh, screwed now because you expected it to be delayed. So I couldn't even sleep in the extra time. And I woke up Joey, which is what a task. I woke up and he, here's the thing. We've shared a bed before. Uh-huh. Many people have shared a bed with me before. Joey, I guess, did not feel like doing that tonight. 
and slept underneath the couch cushions of a sofa. It was, I've never seen it done before. It was incredible. I, I don't know how he does it. It's like, he's, he's slept in many different, I guess, uh, settings and environments and he can, but I was like, I'll just move over if you want. And as soon as I realized he wasn't getting to the bed, I just spread out like a, like a big dead baby. Okay. You don't have to answer this, but I okay. am curious. Who's grumpy dad in wrestling? Who's grumpy like, dad? Don't wake up dad. Who's, who's that vibe when you get him up? Um, I might be speaking from like very personal family. It was my household. was a don't wake dad up. Household. Honestly, you can't wake Matt justice up before a certain point. I have a very strict internal clock to where even if like, let's say I went to bed at five or 6 AM, I would wake up probably in that room by about 10, 10 30, like no matter what. Cause I, in my mind, I've already put the, the barriers on it of we're going to get kicked out of this room at a certain point. You're not going to have time to shower. Yeah. You got to be up. You got to see if there's breakfast, that sort of thing sometimes earlier. But Matt Justice, he will sleep in a hotel room till 4 p.m. while the while the house service is knocking on the door. He'll be like, "Just leave me alone," and you just have to like let him sleep through it and just be prepared. I don't think he's grumpy dad by any means, but it's very he's not waking up for you, and he doesn't care that it's the next day and this is his time, and he'll be at the show when he's supposed to. And I think that's very marvelous and yeah. magic. And they fought. Uh, Manson Justice fought the Bollywood Boys this weekend at Defy, and they used the cricket bat from a former world champion that they had bought as children to slap them in the nuts. The historic significance. I love it. We get on this flight, and who walks on even later than us? And this is hilarious to me because I recognize him by his calves and the tattoos. And his muscular legs. Kevin Koo and his wife get on the flight. They're going back from Chicago to, I guess, Atlanta or Georgia or somewhere to go to a show or do something. I don't know what they were doing because they didn't notice him until he passed me. And as he was passing me, I'm on the plane going like saying his real name to him, trying to yell at him on this flight. And he can't hear me because once you're on the flight, you don't really you're not expecting to see Joey Janela and Effie on the same flight as you. And we started sending messages back and forth before the plane took off. Once we landed, though, unfortunately, I had to text him and say, we're already late, brother. Uh, lovely to see you. We're going to get the rental car. And to have Joey kind of have to go on the same trip as me of wait for spirit luggage, which takes forever, get on another train after we've been on a train, after we've been on a plane, after we've been on a train from a rental car center, and then uh, go get another rental car. And I was glad to have Joey with me, though, when we picked out the rental car because I felt a pressure to be cool a little bit. And I got a big-ass Dodge Charger in red. And in this moment, I won't go into too much detail, but we did stop by the house for a minute. And that was the first time you've ever met Joey Janela. Yes. And he's showing up. We had just picked up Prid's uh, drawing salve to try to get the glass out with old-timey medicine. And he's showing up with his tooth missing and crazy and with me for five seconds, and it's just like, uh, was that just like chaos energy in here? It it is really funny to meet someone for the first time, and they're pulling glass out of their arm. <laughs> it's very yeah, that's uh, that sounds about right. We got in our big ass charger, and we drove to Alabama, Huntsville, Alabama, and I had multiple people ask me the night before, man. You know, you're pretty fucking gay, you know. How does that go in Alabama? 
And I said, oh, you haven't heard? I'm fucking over in Alabama. All these states where people think it's backwards or it's they're against us or they're passing these laws that are really bad. The fact that you don't think that there are people there who are still fighting the good fight and living their true lives. And here's the facts. I've been wrestling in Alabama for eight or nine years now, straight up. I started in that part of the country. They love me in Alabama. And we got to Huntsville, and I was very excited because I was finally getting a one-on-one with Rina Yamashita before she went back to America on Monday. I was like the last singles match she had in the United States. She did a tag match Sunday with Sawyer, which we'll talk about. But we got to the, the... The Von Braun Center is a huge event center. Like, it's a massive event center in Huntsville. And there's often... There's often many events going on. So as we arrive, I start kind of looking around. Here are the events that were taking place at the Von Braun Center at the same time as GCW. Number one, some kind of weird Comic-Con. There were a lot of people in cosplay. There's a lot of anime dress-up people. Number two, the largest Jehovah's Witness conference in Alabama. Number three, a performance of the Broadway show Monty Python's Spamalot. And then number four, Game Changer Wrestling presents Mastermind with all sorts of wild violence. All at the same time these are happening. And where we parked and where the hotel was, if it keeps her distracted, I don't care. From where we parked where the hotel was to where we had to get for the event, we had to cross the entirety of the Von Braun Center. And I do want to rewind a second. I took Joey to Bucky's before this. And we did get to meet Bucky the Beaver. And they did ask us if we were going to hurt Bucky the Beaver. (laughs) We went up to get a picture. And the guy who's like protecting and doing the pictures for Bucky the Beaver was like, you're not going to hurt Bucky, are you? We were like, absolutely not. Like, we love Bucky. We're fully on board. But I need you to know that this is the third time me and Joey have taken pictures with mascots this summer. The first being the Minions, the second being Bart and Homer, and now Bucky the mascot. I said, this is mascot summer, baby. I love that Bucky has to have security just because I'm sure there's been people who have tried to hurt Bucky before. You know, the Bucky's is a real neutral ground for lots of things in the South. And I will say this, for Alabama being kind of a backwards place, boy, there's a lot of guys in short shorts with earrings that grip their girlfriends a little closer when I start walking through in my short shorts and a tank top, looking for snacks. Am I saying that they would cross the line? I don't know. But they would looked, we made eye contact, and that girl got gripped a little closer just to make sure. Uh, Bucky's is, it can be fun, but I will say the pinnacle of Bucky's beyond all the snacks, the brisket, the pineapple, the drinks, those bathrooms are always so fucking clean, and the doors go all the way down, and I need a little privacy to let loose, okay? And... When the door shuts all the way, I can actually take a shit, Peter. I don't need these open bottom doors. I don't need to see who's coming in and out. I don't need people peering in to see if the stall's open or not. No. I need to close the door. I need my entombed casket. I need to take my shit. It was great. Back to the Von Braun Center. Joey Janela and Effie walking through the entire hall of the Jehovah's Witness Conference. Lucy thinks you're dirty. I am. I'm filthy. (laughs) I need to go shower. Uh, there were so many Jehovah's Witness there. And I will say this about them. They don't celebrate holidays, which is 
whatever, I get it. They have their reasons. It is paganistic to celebrate Christmas. And it is, uh, it doesn't make sense geographically to celebrate Easter when we do. And birthdays, I actually agree with the Jehovah's Witnesses on birthdays. I don't like celebrating time gone by. All right? I like celebrating accomplishment. Well, they believe there is no more time. They think it's done? They think we're done. Yeah, oh. that's their whole thing is it's the end of the world and we live in it. Oh. No more birthdays, no more holidays. Okay, well, There's that's... There's nothing to celebrate. They seem to be celebrating they fashion, are, though. They are the most depressed out of all of the Christian religions. I want to say this, though. Also, was... huge anti-vaxxers. Well, sounds like they got a lot in common with they, a lot they of wrestlers. Actually, they had a lock on the anti-vax <sighs> thing way before it was a thing in the country. Well, I hope we didn't give them measles or something. We'll see. They are, number one, though, snazzy dressers. Okay? <laughs> the amount of... Canary yellow and soft baby blue and beautiful suits and dresses that I saw. Look, the world could be ending any day. You got to look good when you go. They looked great. And second to that, it was one of the most racially diverse church groups I've seen in all of the South. In the South, you either are black and go to the black church or you're white and go to the white church. Mm -hmm. That's just, it's leftovers of segregation and we're not going to change it. There were just all sorts of I guess not all sorts of races, but the black and white people were pretty evenly mixed, which is very uncommon for me to see in Southern churches. It just is. Look, the world's ending. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But also, the amount of young men dressed in these suits who were beaming with innocence that were looking and looking away quickly at me and Joey walking through this in this situation, I think some of them saw us and it created a diversion line. Like, you know, you grow up in the church, you go to a lot of church events, you're at the church conference, you kind of have an idea of what you're going to be seeing. We threw a wrench in that, man. And walking through that conference, it was just like their eyes would light up. They would look. The adults knew, you know what I mean? Like the adults know what's up out in the, in the world. We're talking about like college age young men looking over and being like, what is happening? You know, my one friend that's into wrestling yeah, grew up in Jehovah's Witness. I wonder if there's some sort of uh, byline where you either go to Jehovah Heaven or you go to WrestleMania. Is that the line they're crossing, the byline? That's the byline. <laughs> yeah, that's the line they're crossing. And it's not even like, oh, I want to go, you know, lick these people. It's more like. I didn't know you could be this. I didn't know this was, are they okay? Is this, don't they suffer every day because of the power of the devil? Growing up in the church, there were totally moments where I was like, oh, that's an option. I had no idea. We want to be that source of hope for Uh, you. We don't have to get into this, but I've been contemplating a lot how well my parents kept the concept of gay people away from me till we were over in the States. Like, they did a great job on that front, which is hilarious considering all we were watching when I was a kid was um, musicals. <laughs> yeah, there is something very... Uh... Like, we would go to British pantomimes, which are where the men take all the lady roles and the ladies take all the men roles, and you have a good time and sing and dance, and the whole right. thing's very queer. And it's a very non-sexual version of it in yeah, a lot of ways. Yeah. You know who used to do a lot of panto because his mom ran pantos in England? Will Ospreay. No shit. Yeah. So I think that adds so much to his theatrical attitude and the way he performs. Because you would see when he was starting out in the Indies, he would like do a tour for a while and then he'd be like, off back to England to do a panto with mom. 
and you'd see him in his costumes and stuff, and you're like, this is adorable. I'm proud of you for expanding your artistic horizons. For people that don't know, pantomimes over here are silent plays. Yeah. And then for some reason, when you're British, they're the loudest plays. Yeah, there's, it's very, and there's kind of a participatory, yeah, exactly. I don't know, it's a very exciting yeah, thing. it is. Uh, yeah, Will Ospreay, Pantomime Lord. So funny. Love it. So Live funny. for it. Uh, we we do the show. Me and Rina Yamashita have a an incredible match. There was a moment where we had a triple down between me, Rina, and Ref Perch. Ref Perch is one of my favorite referees to work with. And it was based on Rena doing her nut grabbing spot. And we did a whole three stooges trick blinding. She ends up grabbing his nuts and then I kick her and she kicks me and we all go down together and they're all chanting GC dub. And I was like, it's good to know that even in a room where we can't do ultra violent glass and the craziest things that we are able to bring the absurdity of wrestling that they expect. Now I do want to say this objectively. I listened all night. Huntsville, Alabama, I listened to every match. Nobody was more over than Effie, okay? I got out there, and they were just screaming for me. It was magic. I also got to look into the camera after the match because Rena kissed me at the end, and I said, it's Pride Month, and I've kissed two women this weekend. <laughs> what the fuck is happening? Me and Allie were foiled the night before by being forced into a kiss, and it was very rough for us because we are not, we are not each other's types, okay? Many people are both of our types, but we are not each other's types. And it confused us enough to, to take the loss. Uh, but I did get a wonderful kiss from Rena. We had a good time together. The show was terrific. Here's what I'm going to point at. This is another, this is another uh, I'm that bitch moment, okay? Where I have to kind of... I think not smoking weed has made me open my eyes a little bit. And you know me. I'm very forward what's next. I don't sit in the past a lot. I'm walking through the hallway trying to find this hotel again. Me and Jack Hartwheel are pushing all these suitcases, and we accidentally go towards the spam a lot, which is getting out at the same time. And a woman stops me and goes, Oh my God, I know you. You're Effie. Why are you here? I said, We were wrestling down the hall. She goes, Oh, well, we went to see Spam a lot. This is so cool. And knew who I was, but not because she was at the wrestling show at all, but just was in Alabama and recognized Effie as she left Spam a lot. Pretty crazy stuff, right? Like this is It's good that you have the spam a lot crossover. <laughs> I'd be worried about the Jehovah's Witness crossover. I think uh they would be the type to slip you a note and go, I know who you are and I can't tell anyone. I'll take a Jehovah's Witness crossover, are you kidding me? Uh we went back to the I think you room. had some crossovers and like forced crossovers. Yeah, I think they, they were crossing <laughs> over in private trying to get a moment to themselves. It's not fun to share an elevator with Effie when you're trying to go to Sunday morning service the next day. Trust that. I went back to the hotel, and many people wonder why I call myself daddy sometimes. And here's the facts. It's because I'm literally a father figure, and I I purchased $80 worth of Taco Bell. And it was like all of us in a room eating Taco Bell. Me and Murdoch and Jimmy and Joey and Manders and Rena and Sawyer and Cartwheel. I said, just get in here. Cole Radrick was there. We all ate Taco Bell together. Rena did the coolest thing I've ever seen, which is she made origami out of the taco paper. Oh my God. <laughs> she made me a Taco Bell swan, which was so beautiful. That might be the classiest thing that's ever done with Taco Bell. It was very classy. And I saw her start to do it. She ate her taco and then she started to fold the paper. And I went, there's no way this is happening right now. It was happening. I also want to apologize to Alec Price at this point because he was saying, pull up that video of the dude with a needle in his dick from that show where there was a 
a hardcore show where a man has a needle put in his bare penis. The video has since disappeared from the internet. So I drew it up as a, I said, here's an instructional chart. And I sketched up the, the image of it with, we couldn't figure out, here's what we couldn't figure out. Did it go through or just in? We figured out it just went through, I believe the uncut portion of the wiener. And I showed him the chart, but I did not, I didn't, I could not find the video to show him. We searched it was. It's probably good. It doesn't exist. Yeah, anymore. but oh, I did take the time to draw God. the chart up for him. The next day, like I said, it was Sunday morning. We were going sixty miles up the road to Florence, Alabama, to do GCW versus New South. I had an open car. Everybody already had a car to go in, so I took an extra suitcase for Brett, and I got to roll solo up the road. We did stop at Bucky's again, and let me tell you about Bucky's on the Sunday morning. The one of the worst places I've ever been. Oh God! It was. It took me 20 minutes to get in and out of the parking lot. The store was so packed that like I had to be very cautious not to run into each other because this is there's some Alabama folks in there and I'm not pushing my luck. They love Effie, but I'm not pushing my luck. Not a small store. Not a small store and it was shoulder to shoulder in this store. Once again I had brisket and pineapple. I don't know what's going on with me. A lot of drinks. I think I got five beverages. I was dehydrated. It was so fucking hot. As long as you don't start randomly eating a bunch of beets, I'm not worried. I'm eating the beets, Peter. We want to know if they can be pickled beets. We're going to find out. We're going to know. Uh, I also, I had one line where I walked outside and there was a smoking area where before the night before everybody was smoking weed and I just walked out and I looked and I go, I know what's going on here. And then I walked away (laughs) (laughs) and they thought that was hilarious. Uh, We made it to Florence, Alabama and I got out of the car and I immediately noticed that it was (laughs) 105 degrees with 90% humidity. I just gave myself shivers. And I look around, and everybody's out in the sun calling their matches. And I'm going, "Mm, I'm not going to struggle here today. I left the car on the entire show with the air blasting. And shout out Pride Month, shout out homosexuals. I call Dylan McQueen around 3.30. And I said, hey, where are you? Doors are in 20 minutes. And we're wrestling each other. And he goes, what? I said, doors are in 20 minutes. It's 4 o'clock doors, 5 o'clock show. It's a Sunday. He goes, oh, I'm still an hour away. I thought it was a late show. And I said, well, let me know when you get here. I'm going to be sitting in the car. To which these situations give me a little more control over being able to put the match together. I wanted to give Dylan a great match. It was also so fucking hot. And the match before us went over 10 minutes. So they were given time and went 10 minutes longer than that. So our match was a little shorter than probably some people expected, but I want to say I wanted you wanting more. There was a lot of action there. There was a lot going on. Uh, I wanted you to want more. I was still victorious barely over that wonderful man. But I also did not sweat it out 100%. It was so fucking hot. I swear to you. It was disgustingly hot. And you can just see everybody just losing all their liquids and just suffering in the sun. It was wonderful to see a lot of the people in Alabama that I haven't seen in a while. But it was also like, I can't stand in this building or outside too long. I will die. And I can't. The stoicism's going away. Okay? That's what I'm trying to get at. That's the point that I'm getting at here. I am not going to suffer and just deal with it. I am going to be a superstar. And I'm going to acknowledge that. And I'm going to take the shortcuts that make sure that when I am needing to be a superstar, 
I am at the highest level I can be and have not suffered to get to that point. Now, the chaos begins. Originally, he really is your little familiar. He's just like, want to go? Want to go? Want to go? You want to go? You want to try me? You want to try me right now? He'll just buck up to you. He's crazy. Bebop, you're crazy. We love you. You're crazy. I was originally going to ride Rena and Sawyer and Alec Price back. And the idea was I dropped them off at their hotel. I take Alec to my house for a second, our house for a second. They're both, they're both having their time. We're figuring this out, folks. This is a group effort. We're going to have to get microphones for the dogs so they feel they're participating. Now, then I saw Brogan Finley. And Brogan is just such a wonderful, responsible, hardworking young man. Now, is his dad Fit Finley? Yes. Is his brother leader of the Bullet Club David Finley? Yes. So you would think... Well, this kid, he knows he's going to go big places. He doesn't have to do all the things the other kids do. False. He works harder than anyone, and he's ready to put the effort in. I said, Brogan, you live near the airport, kind of. What if you took the girls? I'll take Alec. We split the work. We'll be okay. Boy, did I realize what I was putting him into. Uh, Me and Alec, we take our drive home. We eat our Jack's burgers, and we have a great convo, which I'll come back to. Rena, Sawyer, and Brogan get in the car. They get to their first hotel at 2 a.m. The hotel has given their room away. Brogan calls me. He goes, what do we do? I said, hold on. So I start calling hotels. All four that I called were sold out. He said, I think we found another one. They go to the other hotel. There's 100 people trying to check in. He goes, we'll never get in. So then he takes them to a third hotel. Now, this is only important for one reason. Because the next day... Rena tried to go to the front desk, and she's Japanese, and she can she can communicate a little English to let them know she wanted a taxi to the airport. Well, they decided instead to call an ambulance, okay? They call an ambulance for this girl who needs to be going to the airport, and I am trying to sleep at this point, and we'll go, we're going to take a little ways back, and Brett starts blowing my phone up, and he's like, yo, what is... Have you seen on Twitter what's going on? I said, no. And it's Rena going, I don't know what to do. There's an ambulance here with a stretcher. They're saying they're getting, they got to take me. And it ends up getting worked out and she gets a taxi and Sawyer Rec kind of called in and helped out with that. But it was like for their trip back, it was all this chaos that Brogan took on for me that I didn't realize was going to be happening while me and Alec rolled here, laid on the couch. And then I took him to the airport. Uh, Bebop did cuddle with him a little bit, which was nice. I came into the room to get him from you. You were having a cuddle night with all the dogs. Very cute. Uh, But Bebop came out and laid with Alec for a little bit. He loves that. Now, I just want to kind of end it on this. We got in the car, and we were talking about a lot of stuff, me and Alec Price. And he's young to the game, and I was trying to give him – I was trying to get him hip to some things, right? And I things I wish I would have known that early in my career. I think he's only been wrestling two or three years He's obviously young. And as we started talking and going over things, I think the cannabis has muted my brain a little bit to remembering how much I have accomplished in wrestling. And all these stories I kept bringing up to him where people told me I was doing the wrong thing. People told me I was, I should try this thing different. I'm doing too much. I'm not following the, the instructions by doing this. I'm not going to get what I want. 
by doing this, I'm going to close these doors. And every time it came up, it was almost an epiphany I was having while I was explaining it to him that they were wrong every time. And I wasn't trying to say you should be a dick and you're always right, but I was trying to say if your gut feels something and if you think you're going to get the reactions you want and you think you're going to uh, be following the path you want and everyone's path is different, that most people I've met in wrestling who think they have any power at all don't have a lick of fucking power. And a lot of these people in wrestling who think they need to tell you what to do or tell you how to act or tell you what to be have never actually succeeded in any form of professional wrestling. They have never actually been able to objectively point out, here's what I did and why this worked. Just more, hey, this is the system and this is how it's set up and this is how you should do it and you shouldn't go out of line. But I want to be clear in the way I was describing this to him. I don't think anyone's ever made a large sum of money in wrestling by following anybody's rules, be it, be it the rock, be it stone cold, be it, uh, John Cena being a white rapper with a spinner belt. Uh, all of these people have gone against the grain. Hulk Hogan went against the grain and took wrestling from, if you watch early Japanese Hulk Hogan videos and AWA Hulk Hogan, uh, he was very generic and talked like the rest of them and did his thing. And the second Hulkamania hit and rock and wrestling hit and he made money and fuck Hulk Hogan, I'll say it again. But objectively, if we are going to study this, when he went against the grain, the rest of the business followed. And what I'm saying is going against the grain, you're going to get a lot of people that tell you you're wrong. But I kept being able to say objectively, when they have told me I was wrong, I was not. And now with nine to 10 years under my belt of being told I'm wrong and still being one of the most over people on every card I go to being uh, invited and brought in on purpose to places that I would have never imagined being able to go going back to Australia for the second time this year in August. Oh shit. Yep. I'm doing, I'm doing three days in Australia with GCW in August. Uh, I haven't announced the other things, but being able to go to some new countries that I'm going to be able to go to, possibly being able to return to Japan uh, this year. I'm not going on the GCW tour in July. That but, uh, Antarctica date. Well, here's we've talked about my great aunt on here before, haven't we? The marathon runner? May, I think so. She has run a marathon on all seven continents. This is the woman at my grandma's funeral who said, I said, that's incredible. You're going to climb Mount Kilimanjaro again. And she goes, yeah, but once you've done it once, it's less impressive. And she was always objectively a crazy fucking bitch. And my great grandfather, her father, who was the stunt boat, speedboat racer who exploded. There is a line of crazy fuck you in my family that I'm trying to complete and find. And at this point, I have wrestled on one, two, three, four continents. I would like to meet Aunt Margaret. You can Google it. Margaret Haggerty ran a marathon on every continent, including Antarctica. It's crazy. Uh, and, And do what she did. But I also would like to make sure that people know that when I am brought to these places and when I am succeeding in this way, that it is still a wonderful job that I get to participate in. And I'm not doing anything anymore for the memories, okay? It's cute to have the memories. It's cute to have these moments. It's cute to be able to point to these things. I am a professional who can uh, evolve himself to do his professional capacities in any setting and any way. And I have found that what excited me in the beginning of, oh, you've got to wrestle different a little bit everywhere, 
uh, it's true, but I've also been able to maintain being Effie in all of those moments. Trust your fucking gut. And if you're getting the reaction from the paying fans that you want, don't listen to anybody else. I'm looking around at what the options are right now. I'm looking around at how many people are signed to TV and not on TV at all. I'm looking at some of the TV companies and watching their tapings going, why does no one give a fuck? And I'm saying, we've already made that switch and I'm sticking to my guns. Congratulations to Anthony Bowens, number 44 on the Outsports, 100 most powerful LGBTQ people in sports. But also congratulations to Effie, number 96 on that list, a little higher up. But out of all the LGBTQ sports athletes in the world, they have named me one of the 100 most powerful. They did a big article on it. They said, I'm punk rock as shit. I'm doing my own thing. I can't be tamed, Miley Cyrus style. And it is magical to get to be a part of something where my voice matters and people are listening to me and I've never taken instruction I didn't want to take from anyone. We are past the point of needing these companies anymore and they don't want us to know that they need our elbow rub a hell of a lot more than we need their elbow rub. So they can either get in line and follow me and 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 do what I want to do with me or they're not going to get me at all and they may be fine with that. But I'm on my own fucking path. I'm on my own fucking journey. And I can point to the fact that there aren't many doing it like me. There aren't many showing up in Alabama and Japan and UK and Australia and Canada and getting the biggest reaction in the room. I just remember a few guys talking in Japan going, you're over here too. And I think Brett chimed in and said, Effie's over everywhere. And part of that is just because I'm not ever faking it. I'm crazy, I'm performing, I'm doing it, but I have never turned down my authentic self even a tiny bit. And I am now starting to see the rewards of that, the magic of that. And by objectively recognizing that, the big point I found this weekend was, I am not going to suffer beyond what is necessary to perform my craft. I'm going to be treated the same way you would treat some dipshit who got let go of NXT and you're paying double what you're paying me. I don't care that you are. You'll see that it's not worth your fucking time. But I will make demands. I will be like Darius Rucker and say, I'm not wearing your fucking polo to the NASCAR taping and I'm not doing a sound check. And if you want me to do it, I'll be there when I'm ready and I'll do it incredibly well. You own Effie for the time the music hits to the time I finish through the curtain and don't ever confuse anything else. I'm not helping with the rest of your show. I'm a big function of your show, and I'm not going to suffer to get to or from your show. I will help. I will be kind. I will treat everyone with respect. But beyond that, you are lucky and blessed to be getting me in your in your little entertainment bubble, and I'm going to objectively recognize that, not being a dick, but I'm going to objectively recognize that, and my, my mind is clear, and it is not cloudy even a little bit, and I'm ready to tackle what's next. I love it. I gotta blow my nose. Okay. Now I'm not I'm not rushing away from our discussions. Uh and we're gonna try something at the end of this we haven't tried before that's gonna you will have already heard it by the time you get here. But I do want to mention again, we are doing a wonderful movie review episode, thanks to Movie John. Uh they are bringing you the beauty of Effie Burt and Peter Burt at the movies. Fuck Gene Siskel. This week we are talking about mannequin movies. We were given a few options, and our wonderful Patreon patrons voted weekendateffies.com to join the Patreon on The Tourist Trap. I knew nothing about this movie. We were about to talk about this movie, 
it was camp. I'll say that. It was camp. And we will get into all of that. We will talk about other movies I've watched this weekend, including Magic Mike, The Last Dance, and a movie I've been excited to talk to you about to convince you to watch The Endless. Have you heard of this movie? I've seen it. You have? I've seen it. What a mindfuck. It rules. Let's talk about The Endless. Okay, so we'll get into it. What I'm getting at is... Also, new movie summer, new summer movie John is about to come out. Whoa! I love it. We keep the episodes in the house. We keep the magic there. They have a Patreon as well. But right now, I'm going to tell you to support the Weekend at Effie's Patreon. It helps us out tremendously. We're paying rent together now, so it really is a wonderful way to support both of us. And I think we've been a little more on top of the content. I have another video coming out this week. I think the shorter videos are better for me instead of just like waiting and throwing everything together. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to be more on top of it. Uh, I want to give you a look into the world. I've been speaking more in the vlogs, which is rare based on the old vlogs. So I'm excited to see where it goes. I want to get uh, all sorts of new things on there. And obviously your support is marvelous. And it's the only way we're going to answer any of your questions too. If you have questions for Peter, if you have questions for Effie, that's the way to get them answered. Uh, And hopefully you enjoy listening to the podcast enough. You get it early. You get it before everybody else. For anyone that thinks that's just like a nonsense bonus little thing, I have questions sitting in our email inbox that are not getting touched. So if you do want to ask a question, you have to be on the Patreon. Amen. Speaking of which, we have questions. Ooh. Okay, this is from Heather. Hello, Effie, Peter, Lucy, Bebop, and Cranberry. If she's around, I will give her a kiss. She was here last night. She was. She was vibing. We had tacos. Uh, My friend Patrick had an idea he asked me to present you. A big gay brunch G1 climax style. A gay one, if you will. I don't know what any... This is another language to me completely. The G1 climax is an exhaustive tournament done by New Japan where it's sort of a round-robin style with points and things. This is a a big issue I have with wrestling. I know people like G1 Climaxes and tournaments. I think they are fucking stupid. I think any tournament-style wrestling show... They just walked past our window, and I don't know if it was a human. I don't like the way you said that. It's fine. I'm sure it's fine. This place is weird. I love it. It is haunted. I'm having a great time. I had a discussion with someone this weekend. I told you last night something walked past our front porch because the light went off. And Bebop popped up and there's nothing out there. You said Lucy's been staring at the wall. This corner behind me, Uh she will stare and start doing the growl, but Uh only specifically that corner. Yeah, I need more updates soon. I'm gonna do some cleansing when you're gone this weekend. Please, since I have time cleanse away because I it's I've we've just been living in filth. My dreams have been crazy. Yeah, it's not filth. It's just chaos. It's, it's just uh, like all of our stuff. Energy accumulation, calcification of the energy zones in this place. So. Okay, there you go. That's yeah. what you're not talking about. Human filth. You're talking no, no, about no, 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 spiritual no. filth. No, it, no. This place is such a vibe. I love it. It's it's great. And I'm not. I was outside in the complete darkness last night. And even after being told to leave, it's really and the rats, dark here. Very dark. And that's why that orb I think was so noticeable to you. Uh, I, I didn't feel any fear. You know what I mean? I'm walking down to the car. I'm not having bad vibes or anything. No, we just want to be. Um, aware i also enjoy the mysteries of the universe and so the more ghosts and orbs we were brought to this house for a reason i am as a human because i need mystery in my life 
Yeah, there's mystery here. Um, I was talking with someone, and this will make sense in a second. I don't believe in kayfabe, and I'm probably giving away too much here because this is a little secret I've had to myself. Something's out there. Uh, I don't believe that the motivation of pro wrestling as a motivator within pro wrestling is interesting even a little bit. I don't believe Effie is a pro wrestler in the mind of Effie. I don't believe Effie will ever be motivated by proving he's the best wrestler or proving he can be the best wrestler. He's worked the hardest at wrestling. And I don't believe that Effie is ever going into a match with the intention of uh, showing you my pro wrestling skill. This sounds a little weird. But now I believe we are in a period where pro wrestling is doing a wonderful imitation of pro wrestling instead of pro wrestling being an imitation of conflict and combat. Now you're going, Effie, you do a lot of stupid things. Yes, because in my mind, I've now entered a space with people and combat is not the first thing on my mind. And so I'm trying to de-escalate the situation with a bit of silly games. And then once the moment switches and you are going to fight me, uh, Effie will let you fucking know. So when I look at things like tournaments where there's multiple matches and you have to wrestle multiple times and you have to fight your way to the top and you have to tell people you're going to prove you're the best at pro wrestling in the tournament. To me, I'm fucking bored. I am bored of it. I don't think that exhibition matches for the sake of exhibition matches are interesting even a little bit. I think there needs to be some tone of change, some tone of emotional investment beyond I'm going to show you how good I am. As I said in a promo one time, I'm going to teach you the difference between someone clapping respectfully because they're proud you've worked so hard at pro wrestling and someone being horny off the edge of their seat because they're just excited to see me. I think we have to change back to that sort of vibe. I am in no way interested in tournaments at all. I'm in no way interested in proving myself as a pro wrestler. I think all of it's stupid, and I think there's always a better emotional motivator in the line. So no, I think it's great if someone else wants to do it, but there will never be a moment where I am trying to have a tournament-style thing to show who's the best gay athlete in wrestling. I hope don't, this isn't, I'm not like mad at someone who would want that concept, but I need you to understand from my point of view, it does nothing for me. And there should always be some sort of other motivator in why this fight or conflict is occurring beyond showing you're the best at pro wrestling. It's just fucking boring to me. And it's embarrassing that our business has come to a point where that is, uh, if you watch pay-per-view sometimes, like half the, half the feuds are based on, I'm going to show you I'm the best, you know? I'm not a CM Punk fan, but at least when he fought The Undertaker, the reason he was mad is because he stole The Undertaker's urn and spilt the ashes and was doing all this hokey shit that I think is more interesting and fires up The Undertaker more than if he was like, you have a streak of winning at WrestleMania, and I think I can defeat the streak and show that I'm better than you in the current age and that your talents are not as strong as they used to be within pro wrestling. Like, go shut the fuck up. That's the dumbest goddamn motivator for for paying fans that I think is possible. So long story short, no, there will never be a gay one climax that comes from Effie. And if I'm asked to participate in one, I will charge so much fucking money that they will reconsider it. I love it. That's great. Um, Okay. Is there anything that you are looking forward to cooking the human known as Peter? Like cooking like food? Mm What did you think about my uh, corn turkey the other night? So good. I 
like simplicity in my foods. Yeah, I was gonna say you make you not. I'm not saying your cooking is basic. You take basic meals and you make them better than they should be. I'm not trying to give you a gourmet plate. I'm trying to nourish you, mm. and. I think my flavors are very strong. Yes. I think that's like, there's a boldness to the food while it's very, very simple. Mm -hmm. Like this meal was corn, cheese, turkey, and spices and probably was wonderful. It was great. It was fantastic. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to continue kind of giving you these fun, simple meals. I'm also a garbage human being, and I just load my body with all kinds of nonsense because I've never been able to gain weight in my entire life. Yeah. Um, Mars in the first house, in case you're wondering. Let me make you a big fat shake like I had. Yeah. You want a big fat protein yeah, shake? Yeah, yeah, I'll make it. I'll make you a good one. Um, okay, similar question. This is from Julie. Have you learned any interesting quirks about the other from living in the same space that you were okay with sharing? Probably the banana thing. That's been our first. Our first little. Our first, read the question to me again. I want to make sure. Okay. It, have you learned any interesting quirks about each other from living in the same space? Um, here's one thing I've really enjoyed. Okay. And this is no offense to AJ, but living with AJ, he always had to be up 830 or earlier. And I would have to, he had his home office in the bedroom, so I would have to move to the sofa. And there's almost a percentage of me that like has to kind of be a little awake. My days would start much earlier than they needed to. And I would try to explain to him like, hey, I'm home now. I worked basically three to four 20 plus hour days in a row to make as much money as you're making in a full week. I need these times to rest that seem different to you that are not rest times. And it has been such a blessing for us to sort of like kind of just leave each other be and sleep when we need to. And even waking up and finding you haven't even woken up yet. And I'm like, this is phenomenal. We're on a much more fun schedule in that way. I love that we both are allowed to sleep in the morning. That's I, fantastic. Sleep is like the most important thing for me and I never got enough of it ever. Well, we're working on that. Yeah. We're trying to catch up, but the spirits here have kept us sleeping. <laughs> mm -hmm. I even, we got a carbon monoxide reader because I thought, I was like, are the spirits keeping me asleep here or is it carbon monoxide poisoning? There's no carbon monoxide in well, here. Well, yeah, and to be fair, I was, I gas leaked myself for the first weekend. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 with the pilot light. <laughs> yeah. Well, we solved that. I will say we do need to solve that again because the pilot light in the oven is not on. Yeah, I've noticed that. So... I tried to look at it last night. I don't think that's gas leaking us. Like, I don't. I'm not an actual adult. I don't understand how anything works. I know how to do it, but it was a little more I, complicated than I wanted last night. The, my parents were like, "Christianity. That's the only thing he needs to know. <laughs> Just know about Christ. You'll be fine, son. It's okay. It's all right." I've lit candles though, and they haven't exploded anything, so I don't think there's a gas leak. And the yeah. pilot lights are on over there. For the most part, it's just the the additional oven pilot light needs to be on, but that door is closed. Whatever. Somebody's going to call in and be like, you boys, you're going to die. Uh, probably the only other thing is I forced you to put a frozen banana. Yeah, uh, we do have a difference in I'm a person who, and I'm trying to be a little better about it. I kind of just throw everything away. Yeah. And I'm not offended if I don't finish something. I don't emotionally hold on to a lot of items and I'll just throw them out. I haven't had time really to go through stuff here. It was really like, get it over, put it in place, mm -hmm. get back on the road. So I think as I move forward, we're going to find that I like that magazine for our neighborhood that's been sitting on the table in there. 
all I've wanted to do is throw it in the fucking trash. Oh, yeah, that probably should Because it's beyond time. Yeah. But I didn't want to be like, I don't know if he's still reading this neighborhood magazine. And I'm trying to be cautious to not just start throwing things away. And who's out there, Bebop? You see anything yourself? No. Uh-uh. He is very intently looking. All right. Well, I'm going to let him look. Uh, I think we'll find more fun quirks about each other. Okay, we kind of got cut off on that last question. I think the spirits were fucking with us, but we mostly got. Yeah, well, we'll what we got what we needed to because as soon as Bebop noticed something out the window, it stopped recording. Mm-hmm. That's very weird. That's weird. We're not trying to play you guys on. No. I'm not trying to create like no, no, no. it's an authentic audio experience. It feels like you're really that. Like no. I'm. We're just we're doing this. Uh no, I'm. I've made attempts at kayfabe on the podcast, and I don't think none of them are successful. They don't work. We um, have to just be real here, yeah. and the real is, uh, Bebop's looking at something, and when he first started looking at it, it stopped recording. To clear up a cape, because I don't want you to think, so I was kidding about wearing, this is not for you. <laughs> not, I'm not concerned about your shit whatsoever. I just want. <laughs> I think it's under control as of now. I a little more. I, you're the food thing's the only consequence that I see. What do you mean? Is you get you? I watch your eating habits, and I go, "He's making sacrifices right now." Am I? In what way? Go deeper. Just be, well, because food is like the. So take. Let's use our good old friend Christ. Yeah. Um, I've started calling him Christy. Cause I Christy, think yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we'd be tight like that. Uh, when, like, when you, when you break bread with someone, you are sharing, you know, the most nourishing aspect of life, but it is also involved in the cycle of death and rebirth because everything that you're taking in is you're eventually going to share. Okay, every time we start talking about anything metaphysical, the recording cuts us off, so we're going to move on. We're going to move on, and we're going to come back to it at some point. I don't know. Y'all are just going to have to enjoy the cut-up method that is the end of this podcast. Yeah, this is... our podcast has been accused of being anyway, so It's authentic. Um, This isn't a question. This is from Theron. This isn't a question, but I wanted to share that I'm pretty positive yelling Grand Budapest Hotel at my phone is the closest experience I'll ever have to being a ghost. (laughs) When we couldn't think of the name of Grand Budapest Hotel, what's the hotel one? What's the hotel one? Uh, We are going to go see Asteroid City next week. I'm very excited. Uh, I've been waiting. And I have not watched the trailer at all. I'm doing the Peter method here. And we're going to go see this movie, and we're going to love it. And we're going to talk about it next I'm so week. so excited. Very excited. Uh, okay, this last one is from Emily. What is a movie or TV series that feels like home to you? Open to interpretation. <sighs> Mine's the Funny Games remake with Michael Pitt. Whoa. It's not. It's not. It's not? No, that was a one and done for me. I was like, never watching this I have a lot of one and done movies. I'm trying to think of movies I can watch all the time that I'm fine with. I don't know. I mean, I don't want, I'm not going to say Bo is Afraid because it's, that's concerning of my life. Yeah. And it's like, I'm watching because I need to know more. And we've already been having some deeper discussions beyond it. Um, The movie I've probably seen the most is Space Jam. (laughs) I don't know what else to tell you guys. Uh, I don't own the DVD anymore. I sold it to someone. Uh, I don't know. This is odd. I'm also like, one thing I try to work on is uh, I'm very, like I said about throwing everything away, 
once it's passed through me and once I've gained the knowledge, for the most part, I don't need to see things again. Yeah. Be it TV shows or be yeah. it movies, whatever it may be. Reading a book, it's very rare I read a book twice. So maybe that's something that I would enjoy more. But for me, it's not like a comfort item that I return to. I'm of the belief of like, like for instance, me and AJ will pick a movie to watch. And he'll be like, well, I've already seen it. but And I go, well, then I'm not watching it with you because you only have so much life. We're going to watch something you haven't seen. Mm-hmm. We're going to take in new media. Mm-hmm. I don't have enough time to repeat media at this point in my journey. I, when it comes to watching stuff with other people unless I'm like showing it to them for the first time. And it's something that writ like I want read. I did that with barbarian not too long ago. And it was totally worth seeing that movie. A second I think time. it is because if you have a little idea, there's... if I've seen it a gazillion times, I actively feel like my life is getting drained out of my body, watching it with someone else. Wow. And I will have that feeling with myself because I also don't really let myself rewatch things. That being said, I've been watching every Mission Impossible at least like three or four times over the past several months. And I've had to start thinking about my relationship with Tom Cruise. And I had the realization the other day that Top Gun was actually one of the first movies that I saw as a child because my dad loved that movie. So Whoa, I think musicals I made... and Top Gun? I have questions, <laughs> Peter. I have many questions, Peter. Um, but... Uh, shit, I lost it. Um, repetition. Repetition. There, oh, um, wow, it's completely gone from my head now. I guess it must not be something I watched that because I had an answer for this like a second ago. I also, I'm very strongly opinionated about watching my matches where guys will watch their match immediately after it happens. And I'm like, you were in the match. When I finish a match, I know it was good. I know it was bad. I know we should have shifted. I know it was you know, worth keeping. I know what they reacted to the way I wanted it and what they reacted to the way I didn't want. And I, I'm kind of a dick about it because I'll be like, oh, does that mean when you, when you go work at the ice cream shop, you want to watch the security cams that you make an ice cream all day? It's my fucking job. I don't need to watch it again. I lived it. I fucking lived it. And I think there's probably a balance between those two of like, let me immediately watch my match and critique myself and let me never watch my match ever again that I can find. Uh, Miami Vice, Colin Farrell, oh. Jamie Foxx. That's my comfort movie. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's a I'm, sick film. I'm a fiend for mojitos. <laughs> Is that who did that one? Um, That's Michael Mann. Michael Mann, what a guy! What a weirdo! And maybe he's not a weirdo. Maybe I just think he's a weirdo. Really, a brilliant. Well, yeah, no, he is because he makes director's cuts that are arguably worse than the originals. That's lit. That's like there's some beautiful ego stroking there. That is, he's like, hey guys, but don't you want to see my version? And we're all like, I not really, man. Collateral fucks. Collateral does fuck. But, you know it was going to be Adam Sandler in the Jamie Foxx role originally? What? Yeah. Did you know that we got Hubie Halloween because he didn't win an Oscar for Uncut Gems? He said, if you don't give me this Oscar, I'm going to make the worst movie you've ever seen. And then Hubie Halloween came out and it fucking ruled That's because so it was funny. purposefully so fucking That's bad. so funny. <laughs> Shout out Hubie Halloween. Um, probably the only other one is I, I, and I was watching it this morning as a Neon Genesis Evangelion. You are a Neon Genesis fan. And I love that show. I've never so really much. spent time with it. I'm glad that it's you in your world. To. It's, it's, <laughs> it looks beautiful. It is beautiful. It's fun to watch. It starts getting a little dense. Life gets a little dense, Peter. 